Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is The Personal Finance Show. This is week 11 of my, uh, uh, no, week 10. Yeah. Is it 10? Uh, you know, I get these confused so much because it's like every day is the same. But yeah, we, this is the 10th episode of the weekly COVID-19 series. Um, I, I've done 100 episodes of my podcast in regular form, sort of telling people's personal finance stories. And then I took a break to be a, a full-time dad for a little bit. And then I became an insolvency counselor in Canada. And so I didn't have a lot of time for podcasting anymore. But this pandemic, uh, it didn't give me more time, but it made it more important for me to at least try to get some episodes in to talk about this, to talk about people around the world. It's more important, and I have this, uh, this platform here, and so why not use it to connect with people I know around the world? Um, I'm happy to have my friend Eric uh, from Singapore. Um, he, he, um, we, we, we last saw each other in uh, Sydney, Australia, when I happened to be there. My wife had a uh, placement for medical school, and uh, Eric travels a lot for work. Um, and so he was there, and so we had breakfast, and that was really nice to reconnect. Um, Eric, uh, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, you know, I thought about you because, uh, number one, you know, we used to work in finance together at, uh, at MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, uh, a long time ago. So I know you have uh, an awareness of, 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 you know, finances in terms of, you know, how the world works. And uh, also just, uh, you know, being uh, in uh, Asia, um, you have a, a very different perspective about, you know, because like we're, uh, of course, you know, as, as you know, uh, being from all over, uh, the, the, the North America has a very North America centric view of everything. Right. <laughs> it's like everything's about us. Right. Um, especially the U.S. Right. So it's just nice to get your perspective as, you know, kind of international. You live in Canada for a long time. Right. How long did you live in Canada for? Uh, very good question. I need to do some math. Um, uh, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost, I think 25 years. 20, yeah. Tw yeah. 25 years almost. Yeah. Yeah. Born in, born in Melbourne. Yeah. I was born right? in Melbourne. Yeah. And then grew up yeah. in, uh, in Hong Kong or in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then, yeah. uh, moved to Toronto when I was 15 and then, yeah. uh, yeah. Spent, and then you uh, got an opportunity to, to, when you left MLSC to take a job in Singapore, was that right? Or did it was uh, somewhere else before? It was somewhere else before I joined, okay. uh, I moved from MLSE in finance or, or in special projects to, um, to, uh, software. And, uh, mm, we yeah. moved to, uh, Macau actually of all places for oh, yeah, Macau, a couple yeah. years. Um, and basically to like, uh, the software company I worked for, um, had projects with the casinos and all that in Macau. So we were a big casino town. Right? <laughs> yeah. So the casinos. lots of them. And uh, we opened up uh, a number of the American casinos there and then um, moved down to Singapore about three years after that and then lived in Singapore for um, two, three years and then back to Toronto for a couple of years and now back to Singapore for the last, I think it's been five, six years now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So you you've been all over. Uh, uh, so Macau is uh, in China, right? Is it? Uh, it's, it's, is it like Hong? Is it like Hong Kong? Is it? Uh, it's a special zone like Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, um, so but is the government similar? Like, would uh, would you have been regulated in a similar way? Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit more open than than I guess than the casinos China. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
the only place in China that has casinos um, legally. So yeah, so well, it was like yeah. we don't have to get into the his, history of Macau, but it was uh, originally uh, uh, that that was the 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 port, like the not it's not a port, but it was like the entryway into into China, right? Like where people would go and trade. They would allow. Uh, I'm th- I'm thinking like thousands of years ago, they would allow uh, foreigners. In, yeah, right? well, it was a Portuguese uh, colony. So yeah, Hong Kong was yeah. a British colony, and then Macau was a Portuguese colony. So yeah, so it was like a trade port for for the Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so we can get into that history. I I, I took the history of uh, business and university in, the, in terms <laughs> of the the spice trade from like the year oh, yeah. twelve hundred to fifteen fifty. Fascinating stuff. We tried. I was in Indonesia uh, uh, in twenty fifteen. And and uh, our twenty was it sixteen? Oh wow! I, I can see my all my years are mixed up. Uh, it's like a big fog right now, right? Like, uh, but uh, we tried to make it to Spice Islands, but it's like uh, two weeks like to get there uh, on a boat or something, and you, then you got to take a little, little plane to get. Oh, it, it, Indonesia is huge when it comes to the little islands, right? It so is. it's hard to get to specific places. So we just our first time we stuck to the big, uh, you know, we stuck to Java and a little bit of Bali and some yeah. new little ones off of Bali. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to just do that as a like kind of bucket list something <laughs> in the way in the future, right? But uh, okay, so you know, people will have an idea of of, of where you've been and and uh, uh, you know that you know travel is basically your life, right? I mean, a lot you travel for business still uh, frequently. Uh, not right now. Everything not is not right down. now, but but like re- <laughs> but recently, like like how often would yeah. you travel in, in a year? Like typically, uh, before them? I travel almost. I would say eighty ninety percent of the time on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, throughout Asia, like I, I cover a region, um, Asia Pacific, so north to like um, China, south to Australia. So um, yeah. pretty much. Every week I'm on on an airplane almost, yeah. So this is that this would be your regular used to being in airports every week. And so, okay, so this would have started, uh, we were talking a little bit before uh, um, the show started, that, of course, you, the pandemic for you started earlier. So are we staying like February, that kind of thing? Is that? Well, it all started, we all got like kind of we knew something was going on back in like i would say in january like just like and i mean like before before the chinese new year which was end of january and uh, yeah so you know it wasn't as bad as like or as we we didn't know as much as we know right now but um uh everyone knew like something was going on in 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 china at that time and um and we all knew like in china like you know things got shut down like you know pretty much quite uh quite soon after like chinese new year yeah yeah so 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 you you've you started hearing about it and then um how did that so you would have been still traveling all over the place yeah (laughs) and then you you would have got back home at some point and then maybe realized you couldn't leave again i guess that's when when would you have realized that well it was it was very interesting so um january um i was in japan in hong kong in uh uh in australia as well and uh, and then uh in february i was actually in the states I was okay. uh, in the States for meetings um, of four places in New Orleans. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and um, I came back um, on 
mid mid February, and uh, basically at that time, like things got worse, and people and, and countries start like to record like more and more cases, and. Yeah. You know, I was still planning, like I still had plans, travel plans in March to go to Japan and also Australia. And um, by end of February, early March, basically we were told like by my company and by like countries were like just shutting the borders. So mm-hmm. we were told yeah, like, you know, if, if, you, if you're if you're out, basically you can't get back in. You're like, you know, <laughs> so so yeah so you know everything was canceled like in march so i was like uh, i stopped traveling mid-february like my u.s trip was my last trip out yeah okay yeah wow so you because of course yeah they have to look into the future and say wait uh, is this going to change and and yeah they wouldn't want to send you out and not be able to get you back which has happened to some people i don't know if anybody you know yeah, I know yeah. someone who's uh, well. He is a consultant, uh, not with my yeah. company, but um, he's been stuck in Grenada for oh, wow, yeah, for like the last few months because he can't get back into Singapore. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Too, yeah. Like okay, and and uh, what's the situation? Like, does he does he have a family to get back to or anything? Like, is there? Yeah, his family is here, uh, but yeah. his project was in Grenada, and. Um, Basically, right now, like it's just like impossible to find flights out of certain countries, right? Sure. And and to have the connections and everything to come, like you know, fly across the Pacific, it's it's not that easy. Um, I mean, wow. from an airline perspective, like Singapore Airlines, Cathay Pacific, they're all saying like they're flying at four percent of their capacity. But they're so, they're yeah. still flying for do you know what for what reasons they're uh, they're, flying uh, they're the still li- they're they're still very very like little like there's like people can still fly into Singapore, yeah. um, but they have to go through like you know two weeks of quarantine and and sure. all the, all these different rules right so there are still people who still need to get somewhere, um, but unless yeah, like so. you you have to like you won't go and put yourself in a quarantine somewhere for two weeks. Yeah, because you have to, yeah, right? And that's the price you pay, right? So you didn't yeah. have to do any of that because you, you you were able to figure this out ahead of time. You didn't have to do any kind of quarantine. No, no. Um, basically, I, I figured, like, because we have a, um, my son is only, he's six years old and he's um, yeah, going to, yeah. to kindergarten. And uh, uh, my worry is, like, if I had gone out, if I ha- had contracted, um covid or covid 19 then like you know if i come back and he's in the house then all of a sudden like the whole school gets impacted right so like you know the the impact is is huge so i decided like you know i i just canceled everything and and you know right now with with video conferencing is people are getting more used to it although like the culture in certain countries are still like face-to-face is better Okay. Um, and certain yeah. things are is still face to face is better, but like now, like people are getting more used to video conferencing. They, they understand, right? I mean, the alternative is no better. Uh, yeah. You know, the the, the value of having face to face is overridden by the chance of of infection. Right. And people people are getting that, right? Exactly. But yeah, the, you brought up a good point. Like the the specifically someone like you who travels around the world, um, is is that the person who would be the carrier? 
right? <laughs> like a very likely person, right? Like, you know, because, uh, you know, like, for example, let's take New Zealand, right? They shut mm-hmm. off uh, everybody coming in. Nobody's coming in and out. Now they have no cases and, and no deaths or anything, right? right? They're done, right? And so that's because they were able to prevent it from coming from anywhere else. But yeah, because you've been exposed to so many different places, like me, I, I have not been outside of my uh, community. And a lot that's a majority of people spend time in the community, right? It's right. It's not it's not that common to travel, especially weekly, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. so you made a good call, right? You knew like if you you were the one to bring it back to your son and then yeah, right? Yeah. Your son, your son right? Yeah, my son, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like you're, you know, <laughs> you're at risk or anything. I'm just saying uh, you know, that's the type of person, uh, the traveler, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, it's like it can be anyone now. It, it's like, you know, they, they've done a lot of testing. And even if you tested like negative today, tomorrow you can be positive. That's so, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah if, so do you have any line on when you might uh, even be able to go out again are they talking about that they or? are talking a little bit like i mean um there are certain countries that are trying to create what they call like a bubble in terms yeah. of like you know um people can travel at least like business travelers can travel to different countries i don't know really? how they can guarantee that you know people are not carriers <laughs> to yeah be that's a good point uh, yeah how could they but yeah, they're starting to talk about like I know between Australia and New Zealand, they're talking about that bubble, um, sure, and that's sure. gonna. I think they're planning to have that open in July. Um, okay. But I don't see anything like for someone like me, like I, like I, I need to travel for business, but like it's not like someone would die over it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, for me, like, you know, yeah, I, I can go see my clients and, and see my teams in different places. But at the same time, like, you know, I can do it over video conferencing. So um, it depends on like when, like, I think it, it'll probably be like September ish before like things start okay. to really get back into a little bit of normal. Well, the way I see, like, say, a role like yours, which is, you know, uh, previously uh, you would have to go places to, again, manage teams, and it's more effective that way. I feel like something would probably have to go wrong to force you to have to go now, right? Like, you, the, if everything's working fine over video conference, then what there, what would be the urgency, right? Right. Well, there are certain things that still like, you know, a face-to-face like negotiations, stuff like that, like, you know, it would be better um, face-to-face. Obviously you can't like socialize with your clients (laughs) over video conferencing. Yeah, that Uh, That is a big part of the business too. You're right. So like, uh, especially I'm in the hospitality sector. um, So, you know, um, that is uh, a part of the business. So, yeah, because that's that's the, what the business is 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 socializing in hospitality. So of course negotiation would be expected to be done that way as well. Right, like it makes so much sense. So yeah. yeah, but right now, like I mean, the industry has been pretty like pretty much devastated by by COVID nineteen. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's been it's been um, I would say for for our clients and for us too, it's been a tough um, like I would say two three months so far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know here, one of the first things they shut down was the casinos. Um, you know, I mean, we have, I think, Casino Ramas around here and a mm-hmm. bunch of other the smaller ones, right? Um, so uh, what happened to, so you're, 
what is your role in terms of in hospitality, just so people understand? Uh, I've worked for a software company, uh, and uh, our software are our uh, software applications are designed for uh, for hotels, for casinos, um, yeah. for hospitality venues. Uh, so our clients are the hotels, hotel chains, convention centers, like basically all of the places that got shut down um, yeah. right now. So, yeah. so, so your clients are the ones that are they're directly affected, obviously. Some of them yeah. maybe have shut down. Do you mm-hmm. have a, like a, a, a half of them have shut down? Some of them are still sort of uh, running it. It depends on the countries. Like um, yeah. some countries are like, you know, uh, a lot of them, like, for example, Thailand, a lot of hotels are, are completely shut. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Australia, New Zealand, a lot of them had to shut because um, they don't allow like even interstate travel. Um, so yeah, okay. so a, a lot of places, um, close their doors and, uh, even if they are open, um, the occupancy is like in single digit. And so they're just bleeding money. Yeah, basically. Yeah. To yeah. stay, to stay open. To, I don't know if it open, would even yeah. be cheaper for them to shut down cause they still have some fixed overhead too. Right. Well, in some cases, I think it would be like, I mean, I mm. see a lot of like, you know, the fine dining restaurants here. Like, I mean, for us in Singapore, um, the restaurants, they can only do takeaways uh, right sure. now. And uh, I mean, for the fine dining restaurants, some of them are trying to do takeaway. But, you know, would you take a steak home <laughs> and need it? Right? It's, it's like, a you know. <laughs> very different story. It's more about the experience. Right. right. And it being right there. And and they might not even want to send something home because it wouldn't really reflect uh, the quality too. Right. right? So it, it it's hard, yeah. and and I, I I can't imagine like you know people are lining up to go take a steak home for 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 dinner. You know. <laughs> people are people are figuring out how to make. Uh, I yeah. I think I saw a post a post from you as as well, right? Where you uh you said you typically wouldn't be making traditional Chinese food, but yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> you could stab at one of your favorite dishes. I think a lot of people. Out? That was pretty good. I think like you know yeah. a lot of people are uh, are uh, kind of like hunting their their culinary skills right now <laughs> they are right and so you're right you're right like am i gonna go and spend i don't know because i find dining could cost two hundred dollars right for right. A, a night um are you gonna get that if you're not getting the experience and you're not getting whatever it is that you're paying for might as well just get some nice steaks and try to figure it out yourself and trial and error i guess right? <laughs> exactly. uh, so, so, so you're right it's like that all a lot of these places and and uh are just just shutting down and um so you know i from a software perspective on in the long term or or like from a from a macro uh, perspective it may be easier for uh your company to pivot to another sector for example if that was necessary but the the companies themselves that you 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 have as clients they can't pivot that that is what they are right how well, they can't or could they I think if you take a long view, right? If you take yeah. a long-term view on, on on this whole thing, it's um, it we're gonna get over it, and sure. Um, sure. yes, things will change. Uh, I mean, uh, for us, we're coming out with a lot of um, technology around like contactless, like you know how people can yeah. move through yeah, without okay. contact, how people sure. can get to their rooms without contact, and stuff like that. I like um, that. So yeah. you know from. From a technology perspective, I think, you know, people are all of a sudden like 
some hotel chains that we work with, um, they're all on high touch um, service and all that. All of a sudden now, like, you know, yeah, like people have to change the way they work and change the yeah. way they think um, and really rely on a lot more, I think, you know, on technology in terms of like, you know, um, for example, cloud technology. A lot of people used to be, you know, hey, you know, it's in the cloud. I don't know whether it's like safe, but because of COVID, if you're on premise, it's hard for people to actually get to That's right. the servers and, and all that stuff and um, hard to manage all the computers and all that stuff. So, you know, there's a, a few things that are happening from a technology perspective. I think like, you know, from a business perspective, I think like, you know, if you take a long view on, on this, we're all going to survive. We're all going to, you know, come out of it and, yeah. you know, things will get back to some sort of normalcy, but it'll be different, obviously. But um, uh, I think, you know, things will change a bit, but, you know, we'll, we'll get out of it. Just to, and, you know, to step, step into the money side of it a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, and from a business perspective, and, and this could relate to individuals as well, because it seems like individuals and businesses that were highly leveraged are the ones that are in a lot of trouble right now. Like if you had a, a primary residence and then you took a home equity line of credit out for a hundred thousand or two hundred or whatever it was to then take use that as a deposit on your second property that you're renting out an Airbnb, yeah. you are in a big a big problem right now, right? Because so so you don't have the Airbnb, so you can't pay that mortgage. So now you can't pay your home equity line of credit, which is formerly known as a second mortgage right on your house yeah let alone maybe your first mortgage because you lost your job what you know so like do you think it's going to change behaviors and in, in business and and others like taking less risk do you feel like risk is going to be affected overall i i think like you know if you look at history like you know if you look at the subprime mortgage um issue that we all experienced how many years ago 12 years ago yeah yeah right? exactly uh, and like i mean like that whole thing blew up is because a lot of people over leverage and you know uh i i was an accountant by training so i I always take a more conservative view that's right yeah Yeah, we're just (laughs) manage money so you know anytime when you leverage a lot it's usually not a good thing in the long run i would say yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's it's well, it's gambling, right? Um, well, you know, a long term, right? You have you or you have to be able to use money that you can afford to lose. That's exactly. really what it comes down to, right? So big corps like the ones that work for you, for example, they have they have lots of working capital, I'm sure, right? Uh, to work with, and they could probably raise more capital too, right? Well, some some of them, I would say, like it depends on on the companies and and how they work. Like some some yeah. companies, I would say, are are better than others like you see like i mean we, we hear like you know some of our clients are um laying off people like yeah. you know all the way till like september october now so okay. it, it's uh again it's um it all depends on on the companies and and if this thing drags on for you know let's say six months eight months like it it would do a lot of damage to a lot of companies so the ones that survive are going to be the ones that are able to adapt, um, like to sort of keep a baseline while all this is happening, or maybe just shut down and hibernate while yeah. this is happening, and maybe work on work on what the new normal will be, and then be able to adapt to that. But I, I think it's yeah, it's it's really people who can afford it. 
That's yeah. what it seems like. Or well, kind of, all right. In times like this, cash is always king, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. So do you, uh, speaking of which, do you know? Uh, um, so, uh, like, how are you doing financially? Are you are you surviving? Are you good? Are you still getting paid and working and everything? Uh, I, I, I knock on wood, I'm still working. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, business wise, been like slow. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's uh, a lot of our clients are not talking about new projects. Probably, like, of I mean, course. we're st- seeing yeah. some recovery, some signs of recovery. Let, let me put it that way. It's in, in okay. China, some signs of recovery in Australia. Um, sure. But, you know, it's still like, you know, when you talk about like a capital project or anything like that, people don't want to fork out the cash at this particular moment. Right, because cash is king. Like, I mean, yeah, people want to conserve cash. cash. Exactly. (laughs) Whether it's company, whether it's individuals. Um, So, I mean, uh, I think it will take a little bit of time uh, when people have a little bit more confidence. I think governments are are, um, trying to throw some weight behind that. Like, there's a lot of subsidies, whether to individuals, to companies um, in a number of countries around here uh, to help people really. Um, get back on so so hopefully yeah how is the singapore uh, government uh how is everyone viewing or what are they what are they doing are the programs public programs there there's uh there's a number of programs they have uh for singaporeans so for me it's uh, unfortunately i'm I'm not singaporean so uh, i won't benefit from it (laughs) so so, uh, are you are you canadian or where what are you what are you i'm 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 australian and canadian i'm dual citizen but like um yeah. yeah So, uh, for, so for Singaporeans, um, I think each family, uh, each adult in the family gets like 600 bucks and then, um, kids like get like 300 bucks, like, okay. you know, is basically like, like one, one time or one time, month, one or? time payment. And then okay. they get like relief on, um, power bills. They get like sure. relief on, on a number of things on GST and stuff like that. Okay, so, so the, I, I think the yeah. one time it sounds a lot like the U.S. stimulus check, uh, the twelve hundred dollars that they gave uh, to mm. everybody, right? Uh, but as opposed to what we're doing in Canada, which is the the five, I guess five hundred a week or two thousand every four weeks, right? For four uh, sixteen weeks, right? The, oh, wow, okay. the, Can- the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, yeah. Mm. So it's a uh, two thousand um, a month if you're an individual is actually, you know, because I'm working in solvency now, is less mm-hmm. than the 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 superintendent of bankruptcies insolvency standard for one person, uh, which is twenty two forty three. So two thousand is not great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if the if the superintendent of bankruptcy determined that you don't have to pay surplus in bankruptcy if you make less than twenty two forty three mm-hmm. a month, that means two thousand is not necessarily adequate for some people. But right. what they're doing across Canada is taking an average and saying, okay, it'll be good for some, but maybe not if you live in downtown Toronto, right? So right. that's you know that's the t- the tough thing. But at least we're getting that uh, every four weeks if you need it. If you're not making any money, you can make up to a thousand dollars, I think, and still be okay. But that's uh, not that's gross. So you're okay. gonna have to pay ta- oh. tax on that later. They'll give you of the gross course. now. Yeah, so, yeah. And, but you can pay tax later. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't seem so far off but, uh, from what the Singaporeans are getting, but that's just one time. So it's just to sort of help them. What? Like, I mean, I don't know what the goal is there. Are you yeah. hearing any chatter about that? What the point is I uh, think, to help uh, them pay bills? 
Well, I think it should help them pay bills, but I think like the government will probably look at it like it'll go a certain number of months and then they'll reassess okay. and then have yeah. probably another package or another uh, stimulus package coming out. Like, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the thing is like, you know, it seems like things are slowly getting back to normal. Um, and uh, I think, you know, if it drags on like, for too long, I'm sure like they'll do something else. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people, uh, the only exposure they have to Singapore is crazy rich Asians. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so, like, I mean, t- give us a little bit of a lowdown on Singapore. Is it, uh, it, it that's not so like one sided, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, levels of income and classes and stuff. Right. It, it's, um, I would say it, it's, um, it's almost a dichotomy. Like you see people who are very, very wealthy. Like, you know, I mean, like the that, movie eh? is, is not too extreme, far-fetched. Extreme <laughs> yeah. uh, it's reality yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. In some ways, yes. And, and then like, you know, you see, because they don't have a social um, network, uh, safety net. Um, so it's oh, like, there's no like CPP. There's no like, you know, really? social benefits. Re- like, retirement or like anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, you know, you see a lot of uh, older folks still working or still trying yeah. to okay. work and make a living, uh, which is kind of sad to see. Like, I mean, in Canada, we're all used to, hey, you know, uh, by 65, you retire or you have a pension somewhere, RSP and all that would kick yeah. in. Like here, like you, there's not so much of that. So like, you know, the working oh. class, like you, you don't like, yeah, by like you see a lot of like people who are elderly still working. Yeah. If they don't like would would uh, a lot of them move in with their families if they if they had families? Is that the idea? You take, take care of your uh, your elderly uh, uh, the uh, if you're a Singaporean? Well, the housing for Singaporeans, they uh, the government actually takes care of um, of the housing pretty well. Uh, they okay. have these uh, what they call HDBs, which are public um, government built housing, and all Singaporeans are in, entitled to buy, I think, one unit or something like that. And okay. uh, it's like a lower cost um, condo, basically. The facilities is is not so much, but it you know it it gives you like yeah. you know four walls and a roof, right? And, That's what, uh, yeah, exactly. and it's usually a fraction of what, uh, what people pay for, uh, for a condo here. So they can have a, a basic job, whatever yeah. they might be doing. So they can know. afford a housing. Like, yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, who knows what's better, right? I mean, every country has a different, uh, model, which is why I want to talk about stuff like this, right. In terms mm-hmm. of what they're doing to help, um, uh, you know, uh, so, has there been any sort of unrest or anything in Singapore like we're seeing in the U.S.? Like it's a nightmare in the U.S. right now. We were just I know. earlier. Well, unrest in Singapore, it will be squashed quite quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, they, so how does, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of strict rules and laws in Singapore. Yeah, there are. And uh, um, the laws are quite severe as well. Um, mm. So, you know. A lot of the times, like, you know, um, there's a lot of fines, like people joke about Singapore being a fine city. Um, so there's a lot yeah. of fines, different things. Like chewing gum uh, or something like that. Well, chewing gum is allowed, actually. Throwing gum on the ground. Right. Throwing gum on the ground is not, is not a good thing. So, you know, there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, they had a, um, a number of people who, who are here for, on work permit, on, on work visas, 
and yeah. they didn't um, uh, abide by their state because they have these stay home orders where you know you have to stay home for 14 days when you come back yep. from another country and sure. they didn't and they basically deported them uh, because and how because, are they monitoring them? like they just um, caught them yeah they they caught them they they uh, basically they have people calling and then they have to oh, send okay. a text or something and indicating the the location and all that and they can GPS. They can probably GPS. Yeah, it is too, basically right? G- GPS. And uh, so, so yeah, so you know, they've deported a few. They've got uh, a guy who's Singaporean. They ripped up his passport. So you know, the, what did he do? What did he do? Uh, he he also disobeyed the stay-home order. That's and, it. So uh, you, yeah. you, you abide by this. And, yeah. and tell me about. So what about your rules right now? Like you, you're still on lockdown. Yeah, we're still on lockdown. Uh, things are getting relaxed this week actually um but it's just slightly though um schools are slowly um getting back so they're like basically they they have to um rotate students around so uh one week will be at school one week will be um at home uh, okay. but my like that's, that's a singaporean system because like uh, uh, Sing- singaporean schools um the local system because they um uh, they follow the Australian calendar, so they have four-year oh. schooling. Uh, for, so my, my son goes to um, an American school, so you know his school is ending next week, anyways. He's on summer vacation. Oh, yeah. So uh, are you gonna bother putting him back in the last week? Uh, well, they have like pretty much they have distance learning uh, up until the I think the Thursday, where they go back for three hours and basically to say goodbye okay. to to their friends, and and that's it. Uh, okay. I mean, it's really hard for them because, like, they're young. They're like, you know, six years old, five years old, and yeah. they have to go through this. And uh, it's hard for the parents too because, like, you know, they they have they need a lot of assistance doing distance distance learning. So it's tough, right? To, it to is make tough. Parents, teachers, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, we uh, we had our uh, I have a fifteen oh six. I guess he's sixteen months uh, old uh, now um because a month has gone by but uh yeah he's uh you know he was in daycare and uh, we don't know if they're going to open daycare uh, by the time my wife goes back into she's in the the clinical part of medical school so she's working right. in the hospitals uh they right. took the students out because you know students aren't getting paid and so they took out they basically made a choice to take out those who didn't need to be there Right. Right. Which right. Is, it's, it's valid. It's a valid option. Right. They could mm-hmm. have also if they thought there was going to be more of an outbreak, uh, you know, called them back in or something. But uh, they're they've been doing distance learning for medical school. And but now she's going to go back in July in the clinical setting to finish her, her med school. Right. If we don't have day, daycare by then, you know, uh, we're going to have to figure something out. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I only started working full time because we got daycare uh, right. until then. I, I was you know, it was like priority her go back to school. Right. And uh, in October after the baby, right? I right. It's funny when uh, I mean when I saw you, uh, uh, Kayla was pregnant, yeah. uh, but no, but nobody knew except our parents because uh, right. uh, she had been in Australia, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she told them just before she left, but it was really early, right? Uh, too early, the, earlier than we would normally tell somebody. But it's like I'm going to be gone for another month or six weeks, right? So. Uh, you know, the, I was taking photos and she's like, oh, it looks like I have a little bump. And we went surfing and you could see like a little bump. Right. And so <laughs> she's like, get rid, of the, get rid of those photos. So it was really interesting uh, uh, to, to, you know, I mean, Henry's Henry has been to Australia, uh, you know, in, yeah. in, in, in utero, but uh, he's been there. 
so yeah, that's like a lot has happened in the last uh, a year or so, and so she was able to resume uh, med school. It's this, these are the challenges. A lot of people are facing very sort of nuanced situations where, sure, okay, I can work from home and I can set my schedule, but it doesn't mean that I I I, I can be available for childcare when I'm in a meeting with somebody. Like, yeah, that's not it's, that's unprofessional. And as much as everybody understands, like it's still like, can you figure it out, right? Yeah. So everyone's trying to figure out that balance, and um, yeah, and how are you doing with that? Well, I well, my wife luckily like runs her own business, and she has a lot more flexibility. Like I, I pretty much like I still work like you know the normal hours and and yeah, all that. Hours yeah, uh, but I mean there are times like you know of course like you know there are kids and they'll stick their head in like you know during yeah. conference calls and whatnot. <laughs> and right. and right now I think people are are a little bit more uh, lenient and, and forgiving yeah. on that. Like, I mean, <laughs> understanding, but, you know, right? Yeah. It's, it's, um, I mean, that's the way it is. And maybe, you know, uh, hopefully people will be more understanding going forward. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, it's yeah. hard, like, you know, it, like you said, it's, uh, it's uh, really hard to find a balance, especially when yeah. you have both parents working. Yeah. Both parents working. And uh, yeah, if, uh, the kids, if they need either constant attention or constant activity, and then, of course, uh, it seems like uh, there's more uh, eating than ever there was, uh, you know, uh, right? It's like, what happened before, right? Uh, how do we have to run the dishwasher like three times a day? Three times a day? Um, so, you know, things like that, that, you know, because we're not always, we're not used to being at home all day, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but li- like you said, in Singapore, they're giving a, a break on, on, say, you know, I'm going to call it hydro because we're Canadians, yeah. right? Uh, but, uh, the, you know, we also have the, to the time of use, uh, rules have been taken away. So it's always at the lowest rate now. Right. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, yeah, it's an Ontario thing. I don't know if it's across the board, but you know, uh, so they decided to keep that that way, which is good because yeah, we're not going to wait until five o'clock to do the thing. Yeah. You know, people are at home all day. <laughs> we got to run. So, you know, give us a little break. That's, so that's kind of nice. A little bit of a subsidy there, I guess. Right? right. And, uh, you know, they gave a double up on the, uh, uh HSD GST credit, you know, things like that. Um, and a little more child tax benefit to, uh, you know, extra $300, uh, per kid, just one time, just uh, right. similar to the, the benefits you were talking about. Some one-time benefits for, 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 uh, seniors, maybe things like that. Like they're, they're just throwing out all these new ideas, right. As they go, uh, you know, um, however they feel they can help. Um, yeah. a lot of people are still falling through the cracks though, as usual. Right. Um, not everybody's be, uh, fitting into these categories. If you make uh, $1,200 a month, you can't uh, apply for the uh, benefit, right? Mm. Um, but now you only have $1,200 a month. So what right. do you do? Do you, do you quit that, whatever job that was? Or do you, do you say, uh, right? Like what, it's like, it's really hard to make these choices. Um, so a lot of people are just trying to survive. And, and you know, we're all, we're, those of us who have jobs and are able to work and, uh, you know, have savings, you know, I'd like to acknowledge the privilege there. We're very, very lucky yeah. Right, to yeah. be in that situation. And we, and let's hope that this thing will be over hopefully very soon. And, um, you know, things will kind of go back to a, a new normal or go back to as close as normal as we can. Right. Yeah. It's good. I think that's a, that's a, a good way to say it is uh, close, close to normal. I think we're, yeah. you know, you, you figure out how to, how to pivot if you have to, if you're in an industry that's not coming back, uh, you know, uh, it might be a while before people can get tattoos or maybe they're going to be, you know, uh, 
have really different new technology for tattoos. Maybe it's going to be laser, <laughs> lasers <laughs> instead, right? Um, and you're just sitting on the other side in your computer. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like the, these kinds of pivots are the things that I think about, like you said, right. Everything's going to turn contactless. Anybody who's been resisting in your industry is not going to resist now because they really don't have much of a choice. Yeah. And that's so anybody uh, and, uh, you know, somebody mentioned to me in a couple episodes ago uh, about, you know, how if people wanted to work from home, but they weren't able to convince their boss of uh, giving them a trial to mm. see if it would be effective. Well, this is a trial. This is yeah, it. Yeah. So now they can make a case for, okay, now I want to work from home all the time or work from home some of the time. So there's a lot of, uh, it's just everything's changing, um, but it doesn't all have to be for the negative. Uh, and, uh, and and it's good to have that optimism. Yeah, let's hope it all comes back. But yep. thanks thanks for uh, uh, talking to me about all this today. It's, uh, hey, I really thanks for having me. The conversation, right? This is, it's really good. I, I you know, I, I always uh, try to have people on that I've had conversations with before, so I know that the, you know they can they can talk about things, right? Because yeah. um, otherwise, it's just like if it was like dead air on the other side, it'd be tough. So I am, you know, I'm glad that I remembered correctly that that we had a good conversation uh, in Australia, and of course years ago when we uh, when we worked together as well. But uh, hey. so yeah, I mean, uh, thanks so much, and uh, take care of your family and and yourself in Singapore. Okay. Thank you. You too. And uh, good to see you. Let me know when you come out again. I will. I, I hope that I can. And we will. I would like to come to Singapore for sure. But okay. Any, anywhere where you are, I'll let you know in that area of town. Uh, next week, I don't. Uh, yeah, actually, I do know who's next. Who is on next week? Uh, my friend Kara Perez. She is in uh, Austin, Texas, and uh, she just uh, put on this fantastic online uh, financial feminist summit. And it was great. And she is a, an events person. Her whole life is, is events. And so you can imagine how this pandemic has affected her. But she pivoted and did this online conference. Um, and it was great. And so we're going to talk about how that went and how uh, people who are used to working in live events, how are they going to adapt to this? And, uh, you know, what you can do, what you can like. Uh, uh, you don't necessarily have to pivot completely, but it's, uh, you know, the, the concept of either sitting and waiting or doing something and uh, how to choose that. So um, until then, I, uh, uh, I'm Bo Humphreys. This is the Personal Finance Show. I'll see you next week.